Hello and welcome to the Super 6 Podcast. It's me, your boy, Eddie Barak in Fan 1. I'm here with LW. It's LW, yeah. No, I was getting on LW. It's weird calling myself LW. No, man, LW's nice, man. It It just flows nicely. How you been, LW? What's going on? I've been all right. It's been another busy week. Last week was manic with lots of shoots and lots of interviews and stuff like that. This week, been doing the breakfast show on TalkSport. It has been eventful. I know you've been busy as well, haven't you? Yeah, you know what? To be fair, I made my championship debut um, weekend. To be fair, the results ain't going to plan at the moment. But I made my championship debut. Knees holding up. Barely, you know what I'm saying? But it's holding up for now. But we're going to have to get into this because I ain't even happy with you. Mm. I'm not happy with you. Like, this is the second time I ain't been happy with you. I told you, man, your curse is real. I'm giving you evils all day today. Just find that out there. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about every time I interview someone, something bad happens. Yeah. Um, they lose the game or something. Yeah, I put the curse on Liverpool, didn't I? I'm not even happy with you. Sorry about that. We will get stuck into that. Not only that, on the podcast, we've got another very special guest this week. I love this man. I'm so excited about this. None other than football pundit, former Premier League striker and style guru. I've said that because I have to say that. Mr. Clinton Morrison's coming up. I mean, I can't wait. I can't wait. I am going to jump on him about his style. I'm going to jump on him. I can't wait. I can't wait. That's my boy. I wonder who's wearing. I'm looking forward to it. We'll tell you all about it. We'll, we'll tell you. Hopefully, you can steal it with clips and whatever, but we will physically tell you what he's wearing as well when it comes up. As usual, we've got the Super 6 fixtures for round eight for you, and you could be with the chance of winning £250,000. Big money there. Big, big money. money. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Super 6, that's the handle. And if you want to get involved and ping in some questions, hashtag Super 6 Podcast. Let's get into it. LW, told you I'm not happy with you. The curse, it struck again. On my guy, you know. Mm-hmm. On my so first, I told you I wasn't happy. You went to go meet Klopp, didn't say hello from me, and then after that, my boy get injured for the season. I've never seen you look so sad. I, listen, I'm devas. Hey, like it was a double whammy for me. So I made my championship debut. I was all gassed and I was happy, and we lost. So that kind of hurt me. Mm-hmm. And then after I come in after losing, I find that VVD out for the season. Oh, Jeez. I know, I know. If you missed last week's episode, we were talking about this curse that I seem to have where I interview somebody and straight after they lose the game or something bad happens and obviously went up and met Young Club last week and then this week we had an awful, awful game. Virgil van Dijk let you stay out for the season. Jordan Pickford just sort of like a calamitous challenge on it. It was mad, it was mad. And this is not even, I know people are going to go on that I'm biased with Liverpool and it's not, it's period. And I don't think it was malicious. I don't think he went no. to hurt him. I, I honestly don't. But it was bad. It was reckless. It, it was it was it was a bad tackle, man. We are going to move on. I'm really sorry, Liverpool fans. Um, and bit, stay away. You know, I will stay away. Stay I, I'm away. Trying to think who we've got an interview this week. Do you know what? I don't think I've got one. Go to heaven. Go to. <laughs> I'm bad, I'm bad, go to heaven, go to heaven, go to heaven. I want to hear about your debut. I mean, I know, I know you lost, but still, you've been waiting for this you know championship what? footballer. Do you know what? And it's funny because it's not like I've posted, I haven't posted. Generally, you know, I'm a social yeah. media, I haven't posted, I haven't. And of course, internally, it's something, it's, it's taken 20 years for me to get to this point. And don't get it twisted, I will sit back and I have to myself, like, you know what, B, mm. you're a championship player, you've done it, you know, for all the people that said you haven't. And listen, but for myself, we're at a point where, listen, I know I'm not fit yet. I'm, and I know right, right now it's a bit turbulent with the, with the results going. And for me, it's just, for myself personally, and I'm trying to seep this energy through to Wickham, is I'm not just at the championship to make up numbers. I'm not just here to be like, to tick boxes. Mm. So I think that's the reason why I haven't, made a big thing it for myself to be like I'm a championship player don't get it twisted I've noted it I've stuck a pin in it but when we start changing it around and I, and I truly believe we will that is when I will celebrate what the achievement I've done but yeah um, it was nice it, I ain't gonna lie it was nice to get out there it's been what 20 years to get here but it's 12 13 weeks post-op to get out there so it's good in the sense where I'm a couple of weeks ahead of schedule just unfortunately just we're getting punished right now 
for every little mistake and that's just a step up we knew it'd be difficult but man you've got to embrace the challenges you just got to get out of it haven't you because when you're in this sort of run where the results aren't coming but the performances are getting better it's like you just need a little bit of luck and it becomes more about that string of, of losses rather than just the, the individual game on its own yeah 100% momentum is the most powerful thing mm. and it can go for you and go against you and at the moment it just this feels that it's it's just not for us. I mean, we played top of the table Reading um, yesterday um, and they had one shot on target and scored the one goal and that that's just what's happening. So you kind of, as much as you want to take it for an isolated game, you, you get bunched into six games, whereas the last two games, the performances have been there. You know, Reading were holding on, Millwall were holding on, but we just haven't got that luck. But listen... <laughs> A couple of years ago, we were playing against, and no disrespect to them, Grimsby away, Aki, Hartlepool. I'm saying now we're playing Millwall, Reading, and got Norwich on the weekend. So they're, they're the positives we've got to take. But like I said, anybody that knows me knows I'm a fighter. And in a sense where we're not just here to make up numbers. So trust me, we will continue to take it to every team we play. On the lighter side of things, just tell me a little bit about what your goalkeeper did. <laughs> so we were, I think it was late in the second half, um, and they get a free kick. And the defender takes a quick one, tries to lob our keeper. Don't get twisted, does wonderful to get back. But as he tips it over the bar, he steps on the net and the whole net just breaks. So then the game stops for a good like 10 minutes while our, our groundsman fixed the goal in there. It's something we didn't need in the sense where we're like, oh, we're waiting for our nets to get re-put back up like we're at the marshes um, on a Sunday. Um, but listen, fortunately, the goals didn't go in at that time. But yeah, that's what happens. I guess that's the lighter side of football. There we go. We like to end the section on a lighter note. Next up, we are going to be joined by the man himself, Morrison. Predict six correct scores on Super 6 this week for a chance to win £250,000. Download the app and play by 3pm on Saturday. Head to skysports.com forward slash Super 6 for more details. Now, last week we had Mikel Antonio on and that set a standard, didn't it? 100%. Level came quite high. Yeah, yeah. This week we have to follow it up with someone and if he can't do it with the way he speaks, he certainly does it with the way that he dresses. Clinton Morrison, welcome. <laughs> wow, thanks for having me. Oh, I've got big shoes to fill. I'm ready, though. I'm ready. My I'm guy, ready. let me quickly just jump on you out here because LW told me about your dress sense and how meticulous you are when you go on, on, on the TV and that. Talk to me, yeah? How long does it take for you to get dressed do you plan it the night before, spread it out, look at yourself in the mirror and be like, bam, bam, bam? Or do you just, <laughs> on the day, do it? Talk to me, bro. Talk, nah, talk you, me to the process. This guy, you're hitting the nail right on the head. Let me tell you something. I go to my missus. I say to my missus, hey, does this look good? And then she says, yeah, that looks good. And she goes, but I know what you're going to do. An hour later, you're going to come down with another suit and say, does that look good? So I come down, I have four of them and all my shirts, my shoes and stuff like that. And I say, which one look good? Then we decide, it takes a couple of hours, she starts getting mad, frustrated. And then all of a sudden I go, oh no, but the other one. She says, no, get lost now, you're doing my head in. So I do, the night before, I always plan. Yeah. But the one thing I like to do, I like to iron my own shirts, mate. Do you? I, iron, I get the steamer out, put the ironing board up and I steam the shirt. So no one can say, I can't moan at anyone to say, my shirt don't look good. Moan at myself. Yeah, yeah, say you nothing. I mean? Let's say that because, you uh, know, LW don't iron her shirts. I know, I, I know. She I don't, don't know what she's doing. Say nothing. You on. see, my man does it himself. Steam it. Steam LW. it. Steam so, it. I don't even have a steamer. What's that from? What steam mean? iron. Just get a steam iron. Oh, at the top of the iron? Yeah. yeah no, just steam it. Press the steam on it and you can do it. Let me just quickly tell you a quick story, yeah? See, when I was growing up, my parents made me, like, at a young age, iron their uniform for work. Made me do it. At a young age. So, I hate it with a passion now mm. I rarely wear shirts and if I wear a blazer so I don't iron now like I refuse to iron I ain't gonna lie so they may catch me and do me an LW like big man iron your shirt but anyway say no. you know what like, I just looked down and actually this is not ironed yeah it's alright though you can get away with it you can say it was yeah, yeah. meant to be like it that. was it was it's crinkle cut whatever you call it do you know what I mean do you know what I have to bring up um, because when we talk about your dress sense it's the thing that makes me laugh the most ever is when you were on Soccer Saturday or Soccer Special and you looked so smart you were in a three-piece suit yeah and your weight your waistcoat basically sort of came down lw it... why do you bring that up because why do you bring it's that up? so that funny. was a, that was a, talking, that was a, i don't know let me know that was the a story. social media hit 
I'll tell you why it was. They found it. So basically, I'm there with my suit. I'm looking, I feel I look 100. I feel I'm looking the best. Yeah, yeah. Got my suit on. But the waistcoat's a different kind of waistcoat. And it's it's up here. But it looks like I'm wearing high trousers. So what they did is they made it on um, Soccer AM. They put it up on the Saturday and said, look at Clinton with his high-waisted trousers. And when I looked at it, it did. So I took another look. See it there, look. No, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> so oh, I got snap. so, and I still get stick now about it. So that suit's gone. I don't wear that. I don't. I don't wear the waistcoat bin, anymore. Yeah? yeah, the waistcoat's gone. It's in the bin. No waistcoat anymore. I ain't about getting stick about that. Oh, say no more. <laughs> the worst thing is, it's such a nice suit. Yeah, I know. But, but the waistcoat is mad. The style oh. of it's crazy. You know what? I can't believe the way that I've just found this is actually someone's put it back to back with Tony Adams. That blue suit, you know, the sort yeah, of like. There's no respect because Tony Adams. Oh. Listen, a legend of a player, it's but sky blue, isn't it? He can't, yeah, he can't do that. He can't do that. Uh, you win all day. I just all love right. it. I love it so yeah, much. All right, cool. So, anyway. All right, so we're going to get into we're going to get into your early years and that. Yes. So, talk to us. How did you get into the game? Well, from what you want me to tell you, how I started as a youngster or as a pro into the pro game? Because my stories are my stories, big man. We could be here all day, but I don't want to be here all day. All right. Now, listen, man, we want to know. So, yeah. how did you get into the game from a youngster? Yeah. to getting in and then we'll go on tour and then we'll tackle the pro yeah to be fair I was always a, my mum said as a youngster I always had a ball in my hand always wanted to play and I remember we lived on the estate so all the big boys on the estate used to go out and I'd be looking out my window saying to my mum let me go out there with them she's saying you're not big enough son I'm saying no let me go so they used to come and knock, knock on my door take me onto the estate and I'd play with the big boys so when I'm playing with the big boys they're like this guy can't play. This young boy coming here with his skinny stuff trying to play on the green. It was called the green. But we had to jump over the thing. We weren't allowed. Security always used to run us yeah, off. But yeah. we didn't care. So we're playing. And, all, and then I'm thinking, they're thinking he can't play. Just done my thing. And then every day they would knock the door. Oh, we want Clinton on my team. So I went from there. Then we played for, I played for a Sunday team called Morden Vale. We had a few players that went on to go and make pro. In particular, Jody Morris now is doing a good job at, and he mm. went to my school as well. So we we had a, we had a lot of players that went on to be professionals, and then from there, just got went on trial and stuff at Millwall, Chelsea. I was and then I signed for Tottenham, as a schoolboy, from 14 to 16, playing with Ledley King and Luke Young. Ledley King was unreal at that age group, and yeah. I just always remember I told the story um, not too long ago, Mum. Because she's the diamond in it. My house, she's the diamond. The single mum is the diamond. Having yeah, yeah. to take four buses to go and go to White Hart Lane to train from school, dragging my sister who's moaning. I don't want to go and watch him train. I want to go and do my girl stuff. I'm saying, no, nah, in the long run, you will benefit. Just come with me in that. So it was there. I was there for two years playing as um did it from 14 to 16. This is the hardest part. And I'll always say to people, this is this was the struggle. So I'm training. Got comfortable. Thought I was going to go and make it. Tottenham brought in a striker. And then it was to try and get YTS forms. Put in a striker who, in the end, didn't become a pro. And after yeah. a year, they wanted to get rid of him and wanted me back. But then all of a sudden, they came to me and said, oh, we're not going to offer you YTS. So then my world just collapsed because I supported Tottenham as a youngster. Still do now. My world just collapsed and just basically thought, I don't want to play football. So just said, I'm not playing. Just went to my mum. age of 16? Yeah, 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 age of 16. I said to my mum, I'm not playing. So all that time, she said, my mum said, hold on, from 10, 11, 12, bringing you to football, travelling you, you think you're going to give up now after me sacrificing so many stuff mm. to make you the person yeah. you are. You ain't going to go on the street and be hanging around with your friends and think you can do the rude boy thing because I'll slap you back into that, yeah, straight yeah. back into <laughs> shape. That's what she'll say. You're not, yeah, you're not doing that, she said. And everyone knows, in South London, she's well... Well, no, because she's the type of person when I was playing on the pitch, she'll, if I wasn't playing well, she'll come on the pitch, start cussing me, shaking me up, saying, need to do better. I'd argue with her and then I'd go back on the pitch and score two or three goals and it had that effect. So that is what, like, so you ask anyone in South London about Miss Morris, she don't play and she will cuss any player, but she wasn't cussing them. She was trying to motivate them yeah, yeah. to be better. But I said, I'm not doing it. And she went, you are doing it. So she rang Peter Nicholas, Crystal Palace and said, can Clinton come on trial? So I went there on trial. I said, I'm not going. She had to physically drag me out the house, went there on trial and scored a hat-trick in a trial game. And the rest is history at Crystal Palace. And that that's how I became a pro and got my YTS and just kicked on from there. That's amazing, isn't it? It's ma and you know what I love about that is, see, we had Mikel on last week, whose parents was very much, boy, you ain't playing football. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> not saying they wasn't supportive, yeah. but didn't see his dream. Mm. And we got you this week that said, listen, Mumsy said, let me tell you something. I'm sacrificing this. Best believe you're making it as a footballer. And it's just, a, it's a beautiful thing to see different dynamics yeah. of 
different supports yes. or which motivates and persevere through. So that's decent, man. Mm. What was it like, Linton? So like when you made it and when you properly became a professional and you yeah. started playing like first team football regularly, how did your life change? And, and how, what was it kind of, it must have just been a complete different step up. To be fair, my life don't change. What I am, listen, when I was younger and a lot of people would say he had an attitude and I'm like, I got a chip on my shoulder. But they'll say that because of where I brought up and the way I speak and stuff like that. And when I went on the pitch, yeah, I wanted to be the best. So if I'm there and there's a scrap going on or an argument, I'm going to that person, you're not about it, so you're not going to do anything on the pitch. You're not going to do nothing off the pitch, so be quiet. But that wasn't me being a bad boy. That was me basically trying to up my game, getting the defenders' heads or whoever's there to put them off their game. Go on, Monty, go on, Not just say. like the opposition though. Didn't you go up to like when you were a youngster, didn't you go up to the person whose position you wanted to fill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was YTS, we'd play on a um, we'd play on a, a YTS game when I was 16 and I'd score a hat-trick and then we had to go to the first team game and help out with the kit. But you have to realise we're in the first team dressing room. They're getting ready for a big game. Bruce Dyer, who was my good friend and still is my good friend now, I'd always say to him, Hey, Gaffer. And I went to the Gaffer at the time, Steve Coppola. How is he playing? Play me. I've just scored a hat-trick in the youth team. This is before the first team I have to play. I said, play me. I'm better than him. Play me. I should be in this team. I'm better than him. But obviously, that was just me being the way I was. So how let me confident ask you I then, was. where did this confidence come from? Always had it in me. Always had it. I've just always believed in myself from whatever I had to do. I know the struggles I had as a youngster growing up. Uh, with my mum and that living in the States and stuff like that going upstairs seeing weird people on the stairs when I'm walking up sprinting up the stairs thinking who's this madman behind me on, on the stairs in the estate so I'm saying I want to be a professional to get my mum out of this and my sister out of it and have a good and comfortable life so I was determined to be a professional whatever I could do and it's not always see the one thing about me is people look at me and say He's super confident. I'm not. When you get to know me, when you first meet me, I'm actually a bit taken back. But then when I get to get a, a relationship and an understanding with you, me and you can become good friends because you'll get to know me. And you must know, be, Woody, you know, I've worked with you loads of times, but you'll know playing in that football world that like, people will talk about me and say, Clinton's X, Y, Z. He's not a good person. He's big time. But actually, when you actually come and sit down with me, I promise you now, anyone you'd like me because I've not got a bad bone in my let body. Me, let me tell you a story. I went on trial for Crystal Palace when I was 16. So you and Steve Cabber. Yeah, yeah. Was Cabs, there. So yeah. Cabs was yeah. in the team that I was trialing with. Yeah, you yeah. was first team. Yeah, yeah, So yeah, yeah he was the, my year. My, he was, yeah, you, yeah, 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 so you was yeah. first team. Yeah. So I came with the training and these two, him and Cab were the loudest brothers I knew, and they're strikers. So I'm, a, so I'm a big boy, like I'm a big boy. So I always expect, like, listen, but I'm from London, so we're all from London. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, boom. When I come in, the man go no and kind of be easy around me. Clint, <laughs> let me. From then, Clint knew he was the man. Like he, he didn't sugarcoat nothing. He was like, yo, he was, yeah, yeah, give me the ball, yeah, yo, I've got this. And I remember just seeing confidence but this is on the football pitch I didn't know him personally I was on mm -hmm. trial and Cabba the same Cabba yeah. confidence and I knew early on that you had to have an element I, listen I always had self-belief mm. in me but from then when I, I saw it, and it in the Premier at the time I was like yo you've got to have a obscene amount of confidence in your own ability yeah. and I learned that straight yeah. off I just it was only I was only there for a couple of weeks and yeah. I see it and you constantly made that impression on me until I played against you and met you so yeah. no no I like him at them times he was big time to me because I ain't yeah. gonna lie I was like this boy big time man you know no, what that's nah, what I'm, I'm saying, saying. I'm playing, does, I'm no playing. but he's he, he's playing B is playing but there will be other people out there who will think he is big time but that's the way I had to Bring myself on the got the best out of myself on the football pitch to be that kind of guy. If you actually meet me face to face, I'm not that guy. Listen, everyone that played against me used to went to beat me up on the pitch, but off the pitch they'll be like, he's a different guy. It was just the way I was, how I could get myself going on the but yeah, when I was younger, he is right. I did come across like, yeah, I'm the I wanna know. So LW, I'm gonna elaborate in LW's question. <laughs> when did you realise or when was the first time you realised but I've got money now <laughs> that's what it's, what that's was the what most, I wanted to know that was serious, when did you yeah. know to yourself for, for, so you know where you've come from where you came yeah, from yeah, yeah. Where, when did you to yourself you was like of course there was there's a question where you're like where yeah. was the most lavish where you was like listen I'm going to go spoil myself yeah, yeah. but when did you know you was like I've got money now you know when I knew God. when I said mum forget that flat there you know like it's a, it's a thing like we got 
it was such a struggle. We had rent arrears, you know? So we had to pay the council rent arrears. We yeah, were yeah. struggling to pay the rent arrears. Yeah. And at the time, I didn't have the money. I'm on £45 a week. Yeah, YTS, yeah. it's a struggle. So I'm saying, Mum, you know that rent arrears thing? Don't watch that. I've got this. So got the pro, said to the council, don't harm my mum. Put in her stress. I can see the stress she's under. There's the money. Said, Mum, we're out of it. Went and bought a big yard, big yard in Shirley. And then I said to I didn't I passed my test too late. That was the only downside of driving. So mum had to drive me everywhere to football. <laughs> so I said, Mum, what 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 we're getting at? So back then the BMW, I bought a BMW convertible 330 series. I said, Mum, there's your car, let's go. And that that's when I knew I'd made it. Mum was there, she had to get the bus, it was a struggle. Now she's there, convertible yeah, down, yeah, down sunglasses on. on, everything. What did she say? She said, you don't have to do that, son. Like, you don't have to do that. I don't want anything from you. I said, mum, if without you, I'm not going to be there, the person I am today. Because you know what? You have to realise a lot of people have their mum and dad. I just had a mum and it was difficult. And I'll tell you something else as well. But a lot of people don't know. But I'm going to be honest on here because I'm not really honest. See, my name. I wasn't Clinton Morrison. I changed my name at 16 when I could. I was my dad's. I was Clinton Chambers. I was a Chambers. So when people now see me and go... Hold on, you were Clinton Chambers at school. I changed it when I got to 16 and changed it to Clinton Morrison. Listen, I speak to my dad now because we built up um, our friend, like kind of relationship. It will never be the same because I, do, I believe he could have at least sent birthday cards. It doesn't matter if a mum and dad split up, you should still go and look for your kids. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and I needed a role model as a father sometimes because when I was younger, I was bad behaved. I was having being trouble at school and stuff like that. And mum... She played the father, the mother, everything you could. So as soon as I made it, she was the first one to get a reward. And that's what I say to people, like, if you're not going to be with the parent, make sure you look after the kids. And that's what I've always said. Yeah. You have to be a role model. And that was my role model. And then when I did that, and then I bought her other cars and jewellery and stuff like that. And then that's when I knew I'd made it. I even bought my sister a car, even though sometimes she don't deserve it. Oh, well, hang on a minute. She, didn't she come with you, though? You said She was forced. Came with yeah, you. yeah, she, she came with forced. me. But once now, she's too rude. So I, now I think to myself, why did I buy it? But well, no, I'm only joking. <laughs> Do you know what? One thing I want to ask you about that yeah. people don't know about you as well, a lot of people don't know about you. Tell us about when Palace were in trouble financially. Yeah. And and you played for free for a while. Yeah, to be fair, I was a youngster. I was on. I don't mind telling people. I was on like eight hundred a week um, there, and I just want. I just thinking to help this football club. You gave me the opportunity to be a professional. I'm just gonna basically. I play for free. I know eventually we'll get it back, but for the first few months, I, I play for free. It's it's not it's not a big problem for me. A lot of the first team pros who I understand had families and mortgages to pay. They didn't. They basically said, well, you're going to have to let me go. But I just said to the chairman at the time, Simon Jordan, and there was another chairman where we went. I went into it twice, Mark Goldberg as well. I just said, I'm going to play for free, basically. And that's just the way. And you know what? I feel if you do not good stuff for people, eventually things will come back. Yeah, yeah. Bruv, that's a big thing. Yeah. Like, I know you tried to pan it off like, yeah, it was an everyday. To play for free. Yeah. And look, you could have got injured. You could have got, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So that's a big thing for you, man. Salute, my brother. Because you know what, bruv? I don't think people nowadays would nowhere near this. That's why times have changed. Of course. They've changed massively. Listen, if it was on bigger wages, it might have been different. But back then, if I could help the club in any way I could, I did it. And that's the way I... I I wanted to be to be fair. All right, so Argok, so you made your debut nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, correct? yeah, yeah. How did that feel? How did that feel to make your debut, walking on the pitch? How uh, did it feel? It was magnificent. To be fair, it was the best feeling ever. It was the end of the Premier League season. Palace had been relegated. It was against Sheffield Wednesday, so it was a nil nil game. And I'm looking and I'm thinking, come on, man, like you might as well get me on. I'm thinking, let's go. Come on, I'm ready. I, I believe if I get on this pitch, I'm going to score a goal. Yeah. He said, Clinton, you're coming on. I just remember my... I looked at the players. They were massive. I'm some skinny skinny guy coming on with no... no. Sh I needed to borrow some of your muscles. Yeah, say man. love. I'm but I was that, skinny. Yeah. I was there. The, the kit was all baggy on me and stuff. <laughs> I don't know what. I think I had a double XL shirt. So I've gone on a pitch, but I knew straight away. I was thinking to myself, I'm going to get an opportunity. And when I get an opportunity, just go ice cool in the box. Yeah. You'll score. So it was a long ball played over the top. Someone went in with the keeper, Kevin Pressman, and the ball fell to Antilio Lombardo. He's a great guy, Italian international. I got him really well with, and I knew he had the quality to. He just pulled it back, and I was in, I, the defender was kind of holding me, but he must have thought, oh, I can hold this little skinny yeah, guy. Yeah. He ain't getting in front, so I just kind of moved him off, got in front, and left foot into the bottom corner. And I just remember celebration, jumping on um, Lombardo's head, rubbing his bald head, and just saying, because he used to drop me into training when I didn't, I weren't driving. He'll drop me into training and stuff like that. So yeah, how old was, was you? Great how old was you? Seventeen. 17. Jeez. Yeah, it was brilliant. I know it feels like I talk about it now like it was yesterday, but mm. it's great memories that is. And then from there, I just 
I kicked on. I, Terry Venables and other managers, we had so many managers coming to Crystal Palace. I was in and out of the team and then I became a regular. And then, yeah, as everyone knows, that's my club. It obviously scoring over 100 goals for them. But yeah, it was a good time at Crystal Palace. I really enjoyed it. That is, if you, you know when you got a favourite club? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, my club. Everyone knows Clinton Morrison to be a Crystal yeah. Palace. Well, they say legend, but sometimes people use that a bit too much. But No, man, we'll use it, man. Legend, <laughs> yeah. man. Come on now. Bio, I've worked with, with Clinton at Soho's Park loads of times yeah, yeah. now on Super Sunday mm. and uh, I always remember I can't remember what the game was but I always remember walking like around the pitch with him from one side of the pitch to the other the ovation that he got from this fan base oh yeah I know when it yet. was it was Watford away we were at Watford so we were on this side of the pitch and we had to walk around the way it. fans yeah. were there they were singing my name and I was thinking wow these are good because everyone usually sings LW's name yeah 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 because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she's the best I don't know they do yeah because she's the best I hate on her I don't hate on many people yeah. but when I'm with LW like, I, I, I get a clip I, I do as well I'm, I'm like... looking we're walking around I'm thinking Did it? but then they were singing my name and then they, I was like oh thank god yeah, I thought they were going to sing LW but you know she, but she deserves it she deserves yeah. it she's good she's good. LW's great yeah. LW's great but I had to bring you up I had to bring you up I had to bring you up LW's great yeah anyway tell them tell them about what happens we walked past you're right it was Watford wasn't it yeah they were just singing my name it was crazy it kind of you know like goosebumps on the back of your yeah. name you think you haven't played for them for a long time and then the whole fans are singing your name and you feel you know them awkward where you're like yeah alright yeah, 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 clap yeah, you know because yeah, yeah. I'm a bit but old but keep going but keep going but keep going yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah, one of those yeah. keep it going it was tipping it down that it day I remember it. that now yeah, yeah it was absolutely gold, tipping man. it down no, but. deserve it man yeah, yeah. you know legend is the word man you're legend should we talk about some of the other clubs that you got affiliations yeah, with yeah, and no your way. time at Birmingham and in particular when we talk about Birmingham and, and the other clubs in the area talk about Villa and what they're doing at the moment four wins out of four in the Premier League they've started off so well but you actually scored Birmingham's first goal against Villa in six 16 years in a, in a 3 0 victory, what was that like? Yeah, it was good. I went to Birmingham like as the record signing, so mm. you, should, oh, you should see it. It was crazy when I went there. I knew I, Steve Bruce, I had him at Crystal Palace, and I said to him, Are you gonna? And he said, Yeah, I'm definitely record signing. Went there, mad beige shoe. I don't know what I was doing, brown Gucci shoes. I thought I was the man, earrings, chain out. Yeah, I was doing an RB video, <laughs> so they're like, Who's this guy? So I just rolled up, and then you get used to living in that area and around town. These big games coming, but I'm coming from London, everyone fans coming up to me going, This game's a huge game, you don't understand what this derby is, whatever. Yeah, because you know yeah, I mean? yeah, I'm playing yeah. that, whatever. Got to the night of the game now, and we're driving in. Oh my gosh, I said, nah, this is crazy. Villa fans on my car, banging it, and the roads are mad, the police what? are there. It's, it is mental. So we get there, we're doing a warm-up, all the fans are there and stuff like that. I'm thinking, nah, this is serious This now. is real, yeah. This is real. I need to, you know, get the A-game on and do. And I just remember the ball coming in from Kenny Cunningham, Robbie Savage having a bad touch, which he had all his whole career. <laughs> he don't mind me saying that. He had a bad touch. And, and I made it a good touch because it fell to me. And I just thought, Clinton, just make contact, be composed. Pete Enkelman come out. I just drilled it in the bottom corner, went to the um, corner flag. As you don't, will know about it. Yeah, you should know about it. You know my house party kid and play? I did the house party dance, the running man, ain't my type of Oh, hype, come on now. I was in the corner. You know about that? Yeah, I was in the corner doing it. I felt like I was grooving, kid and play in the corner. And then the fans just jumped on me. And then all my family were in there. I saluted them. And it was just the best night ever. And then we went out after no drinks. I don't have to pay for no drinks. The city was mine for the next couple of weeks. It was like anything you want, restaurants and like that, Clinton, you could do what you want to do. haven't been that many black players that play for the yeah. Republic of Ireland, Clinton. So that on its own, does that make you proud? And, and what do your caps mean to you? No, my caps mean a lot to me. They're in, obviously in, a, in my games room, in my house. They're, they're, it's an honour to play um, for Ireland. And you're right, the only really black players they really had were Paul McGrath, Chris Uton and stuff. But it's a different for me because they were Irish. They were born in Ireland. I'm born in South London. I go over to Ireland in this rude boy <laughs> the way they tell me people tell me I talk like a rude boy which I don't think I talk like a rude boy so you don't talk like a rude boy so I just laugh it off I yeah, always yeah. get messages I talk like a rude boy I said how does a rude boy talk exactly you, you don't talk like mean? a rude boy so that's what they say and then I was went over there and it was different because I went over there like with my brush shelf like loud and I'm thinking <laughs> yo Clint you need to slow down I'm looking at seeing Robbie Keane Damien Duff Shea yeah. Gibbon Richard Dunn and the man himself Roy Keane so oh. and Mick McCarthy soon went and then you know what you were, but it made me feel welcome. And I remember scoring on my debut mm -hmm. against Croatia. And then 
So where, where, where's, the, where's the Irish connection? Yeah, let me tell you. Yeah. Let me tell you. Okay, so I, let me just say, I was bare shocked. Listen, everyone was bare shocked. Even brethren who I grew up with from day one were bare, bare uh, shocked. Above, so. I, I remember seeing, <laughs> I remember Clinton in the green kit. Yeah. What? What happened my, there? My, my, I ain't watching FIFA. <laughs> Did man have oh, I swear, I was lost because <laughs> I've no Clinton from the end. end yeah. And then man see, yeah, yeah, like... Clinton player for a public violent who? What, 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 where? He, he thought I had a Guinness one day no, and then that helped me out. Like, this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> now, to be up. fair, on my mum's side, because my mum's um, mixed race, so my nan was white. So she's Irish. So God rest her soul. She's not around anymore. So she's Irish. And that's how you can play through your grandma, through your grandma's side. Obviously, my dad's a Jamaican, so I could have played for Jamaica. So I had Jamaica or Ireland. So it was an opportunity. But it nearly never happened because my agent sorted it out. I was, we were hour late meeting Mick McCarthy. So there was traffic was crazy. I was late for training. Mick McCarthy said, I thought he was going to batter me. He battered my agent. He said, if I have arranged a meeting with you, make sure you're here on time. If not, you nearly ruined your, your client's international career. But then from then, obviously, yeah, I decided to play for Ireland. Best thing ever. Because yeah. The fans are amazing. They love their football over there. So passionate. They make you feel accepted and stuff like that. Scored on my debut. And done well for Ireland. Every time I played, one standout game for Ireland was when we played Brazil and they had Carlos Cafu Ronaldinho Kaká <laughs> the real Ronaldo jeez R9 so not I shouldn't say real Ronaldo but in my eyes in our era R9 so R9, I was yeah. playing and Rocco Junior was playing there in the centre half and Lucio but I absolutely just messed him up the whole game Rocco Junior set up a chance for Robbie Keane four yards out for go and score Robert, and they didn't but yeah, I got man of the match. I just came off the pitch, man of the match against playing against them legends. So when anyone ever writes things to me and says, you ain't good at football or you're this and that, mm. I just put that picture up there of me and Cafu going for the ball, or me and Roberto Carlos, and just the bottle of man of the match champagne. Yeah, yeah. End of story. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, say, listen, say you nothing. Look, you don't even... <laughs> what you've done is what you've done. Yeah. So... Tell me, how it, how does it feel going to a World Cup, playing uh, a World Cup? Tell me that. That was the best feeling. Because you are nervous because you don't think you've got to make the cut. You've got to make the 22, 23. But yeah. going to the World Cup was the best experience I've ever had. Every kid dreams of doing that, yeah. going to a World Cup. So actually being in the World Cup, it, it was it was amazing. It was surreal going there. But then obviously, I know we're going to get, we can get onto it now. What happened at the World Cup? Boy, it's, the, it's yeah. infamous. It's, it's crazy. Like, it's, I've it's told infamous. it loads of times and I don't mind telling it and it kind of makes me laugh because when I do tell it, when I see Roy at Sky now, he's like, stop keep um, telling that story. I said, Roy, I have to. People are going to ask me. I'm going to tell the story. Yeah, yeah, I said, yeah. me and him got on really well though. Me yeah. and him are good, good. Like at dinner tables when we were playing for Ireland, there would always be a spare seat and people would be, I like, go on. He's not, no one ain't sitting next to Roy. I'm going to sit next to Roy. So I look at Roy and say, what's it like at Man United when you're playing with Dwight York, Andy Cole, all them players? Because I'm trying to be better than what I am. Yeah. So and then he used to eat food like this. So, you know, when you go and you have your starters first and stuff, he didn't have starters. He used to have his fruit with his yogurt and then he'd have his main course and then he wouldn't have no dessert. And I looked at him and thought, right, he's the best on the training pit. So, you know, the next day, what did I do, bro? Did yeah, Emily did the I same. did the same thing Come on now. I said, I'm trying to get to that Man United yeah, level so yeah, I was yeah. trying to be like him but then we went to the World Cup this is ridiculous because we were down near the beach and me and him were speaking for an hour about football and he's saying don't make sure you don't come to this World Cup to make the numbers you're here to play you're a mm. good player believe in yourself he told me back then stop running out wide into the channels stuff stay in the box send yeah. the forwards play within the width of the box stop running out there so I always say to youngsters don't I can understand it's a good get out ball for when you're under pressure but stay in there hold the ball crosses come in so we were talking just for an hour and then we went into the, the dinner room and had our dinner. And no word of a lie, I was sat where LW is, Steve Finnan was here, and Roy Keane was here. So that's how it was. We were having food, we have food, and then after, we always have a sing-song. So we always have an Irish sing-song. <laughs> so we're singing. So I'm there with my Irish strongs as I do, you know, <laughs> belting out the tunes. Then. Yeah, yeah, just belting out the tunes. And then all of a sudden, Mick McCarthy comes in with a paper, and he didn't want none of the lads to do any interviews. Because what happened is, we lost our kit and stuff. The training facilities mm -hmm. here weren't good where we were. Okay. And Ray had already met Mick and said he wants things done how it is at Man United. Yeah, yeah. Met. He wants things done professionally, which I kind of get. Yeah. And he, it, it should be. But the training pitch weren't good. Steve Finnan had rolled his ankle before. It was just not good. We didn't have no kit. And then the day before that, he'd already lost his head because we were 
training and the goalkeepers was hot where he was training. They went out early, you know how goalies had to do. Yeah, yeah. And didn't want to play in the game after. So he'd already gone mad to yeah, Paki yeah, Bonner, yeah, yeah. the goalkeeper, and mm. was squaring up to Shea Given and old Dean Kiley, the goalies. He'd lost his head. Yeah. So he'd already, he was on one. He was on one already. He was, was tense. But was if we had waited two days, we went to the Chibo, which was the best place ever with a carpet of a pitch and we were based there the whole time. But he was on one. So he did an interview about losing the kit and not flying, because he got us into first class, because it used to be the FAI officials that were there, and we used to be in economy. He said, how can that happen? So he got it changed during once in a flight, and we went to first class. See me, I'm like, jeez, this first class, yeah? Because? I was there dancing in the, at the front. Come that. on. I was ordering all but my I stuff. I need Roy Keane at Wickham, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Come on, Keane. <laughs> jeez. So he'd done the interview, and he was just having a go. But I just believe in that situation, all things could have been done differently. Yeah. Mick could have known Ray's a hothead and yeah. he flips at the best of time. So maybe he could have pulled him in one-on-one -on -one and say, don't do this. So he basically, he got the paper and he said, what is this? And Ray went, yeah, I've done an interview. And he went, I told you not to. He's like, I don't care, I've done an interview. It's not been good enough, basically. This And I, I you, everyone probably agreed with him. It wasn't good yeah. enough. The FAI could have probably have done better to put us in a better place. But as I said, if he waits two days, it's better. Yeah, 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 so yeah. they're there arguing. But I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, this is crazy. We're at a World Cup. The manager is arguing in front of the players at a dinner table with Roy. So he's like, and Roy King goes, well, basically, you you was a bad footballer and you're a bad manager anyway. <gasps> I was like, oh my gosh. And then he said something. Mick went back to him and said something about, well, when you were playing and you had an injury, um, you didn't want to come because you're... And then Roy went, well, I had an injury. And he said, no, you just wanted to go back to your club. He said, no, I had an injury. So what are you talking about? So they were asking. And then he went, and, you, and you're not even Irish anyway, you're English. And I was like, oh my oh. gosh. So when that came Is that Keno saying it to Yeah, me? to Mick. Because obviously Mick was not born in Ireland. Yeah, Keno yeah. is. So yeah. I then put my head on the table. Yeah, because you're like, don't put me in that bracket. Don't put me in that bracket. Keno, would you, bro? Would you? I'm, 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 I'm friends with you, do you know what I mean? Don't put me in that bracket. Please don't put me in that bracket. So all of a sudden, I've just gone... I've looked around and thought, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Yeah. But then obviously, boom, he's got up, Roy Keane. But then Mick's a big guy and they're walking. And I'm thinking, these two are going, um, coming close to each other. So I'm thinking, we need a big guy like probably B to come and stop this. <laughs> this is going to be a hell of a fight here. Because these two can have it. And then it got stopped, the assistants and the, um, the experienced players, Steve Stort and Nile Quinn. And just like that, no word of a lie, he went, went home, packed his bag, went, saw him two days later in Manchester walking his dog in his horrendous Theodora tracks. Yeah, yeah I see that. Mad. Please. And he went. And that was it. But, you know, kind of that galvanised the squad because we got to the last 16. And we should have beat Spain and got to quarter final. We lost on penalties. But during the game, we, we battered Spain. Yeah. But it lifted it. But I think if we had Roy Keane there, we would have gone further because he was such a big influence. He is the best I've seen in training. He sets standards that are ridiculously high. <sighs> Is there any resentment from any of the team that he went and he didn't come back and you could have got to the quarterfinal? And did he did he ask to leave or did he just left? Did he, he just left. But there was a they tried to get him. It got so the prime minister got involved and was trying to get him back. <laughs> he was trying to get because how wow. big he is in Ireland. They were trying and it was they just missed the cut off date. He was going to come back. He had agreed to come back, but he just missed it. And then we called up another player, Colin Healy. And he couldn't come because he'd missed the date. So we were actually a player down a in player the squad. Down. So he didn't get to go, Colin, and he lived his dream. And Roy Keane didn't. But they were trying to get him back, the Prime Minister, and everyone was trying to get him back because he's that important to the country. It's crazy. Can, can you imagine the Prime Minister trying to get Gareth Southgate to get Jack Grealish playing for England what? or something like that? Do you know no, what I mean? Like, yeah, I know. Trying to, get, trying to think of the equivalent. Yeah. I said, hit him up on the WhatsApp. Yo, Southgate, we need Greenish back to make it happen. But that's how big Roy Keane is in, in Ireland. He's, he's huge over there. And yeah, it was a big blow. It did, you're right, it did get everyone together. I, I, I missed him. I just missed him because we were away for six weeks. You're away for six weeks without yeah, your family. Yeah. I was young then, so my mum and that weren't really going to fly over yeah. or my missus at the time. So I just thought to myself, I'm just by myself. So it was a hard six weeks, but yeah. it was an enjoyable and a great one. It's funny, isn't it? Because I don't think a lot of people could really admit to knowing Roy Keane. The yeah. fact that you got to know him. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he's a hard person to get yeah. inside, but I get on well with him. It's like I've seen him before I started doing the media stuff. He said to me at a game, I said, all right, Roy, how's things? He's like, yeah, you all right? He's like, you like talking about me, but that's all good, Clinton, <laughs> because I like you. But he said, I will, one thing I will say, you're doing well on the TV because you know what? Mm -hmm. You speak sense and you speak the truth and you don't beat around the bush. If you've got something to say, you'll say it. So you hear them sort of things from, from Roy Keane and yeah. people like that who are up there high in the game. He was at 
one of the best players in the Premier League. You take it and you obviously you, you move forward. But I've always gotten with all of it. You know what? A lot of things that stood up about that, that story you said, which was... Yeah. But the thing that funny was there was a space next to Roy Keane that mm. people didn't want to sit on. Yeah. So was he unapproachable was it so you look we've all been in in, Listen, in in teams where you're like oh you know what that player and that but for somebody to set that standards and to still have that admiration for him yeah but you seem like he, he was approachable for you he was approachable for me for he, others was he not no certain people probably wasn't but he wasn't approachable to anyone but i made it upon myself to make yeah, sure he was approachable because yeah. that's the way i am and it was like i put a picture up not about a couple of years ago on the social of me and roy coming out with our, our bags on from the airport and he's smiling and everyone's mm. like wow how did you get him smiling I'm saying yo I'm just cracking a joke with him like yeah, you do yeah. so we just kind of had that kind of relationship where I could go and speak to him he wasn't like that with everyone else yeah, because yeah. after the World Cup people started writing things about him in their paper and then what they didn't realise he came back after the World Cup so the same people that were writing stuff were a bit whoa they thought Roy had finished from international yeah, yeah. now he was there and he made it known he didn't like them and he wasn't about to be engaging with them or talking with them but I found it good I always remember and I forgot to tell you the one night we were out it was, all right, it was before he gave me a bad pass he gave me a bad pass in a game and then I got a story after this but he gave me a bad pass in a game but it's a bad so I'm looked at and he's moaning at me because he liked to moan at everyone because his standards were high so he gave me a bad pass so I looked at him and was like that's a rubbish pass I kissed my teeth and kept it moving put my hands in the air but he looked at me like mm. Like, I knew at halftime it was on. So I'm looking at... We're walking into the halftime. I'm looking. So I'm looking at the, the other teammates thinking, these man ain't got my back. This yeah. is like Kev Kilban. <laughs> Kev Kilban was my roommate. I was like, you got my back? This guy put... I was like, no, nah, I don't think you have. You know what? I'm on it. So I'm in the change room, but I'm thinking to myself, if it goes... I'm on it. Like, I'm giving it my own. Sorry, look, I've got a pause. I've got a pause. Go the reason on. why i got a pause because that it seems like Roy Keane was that guy yes. in the sense where... Look, you know me, I'm I'm, I'm a laugher, I'm a joker, yeah. I'm that. But I've never been in a changing room where everybody was uneasy about mm. the dude wanting to scrap. Yeah. So I've never been... So even if... I Say me and you catch up on the pitch yeah, and yeah. on the team, I'm like, yo, fix up, man. Yeah. But, and you're like, fix up. So at halftime, you wouldn't think, Rah, B's going to come in and we're going to scrap. Yeah. So that's... I get that. That's because of the way he was as a character. He put everybody at on edge even like someone like a Damien Duff who was unplayable for Ireland when he was playing with Chelsea yeah. with Robin in training he'd be like nervous to go on his team I'm like nervous wow. you're one of the best players because Roy set standards yeah. where he's firing balls at you from five yards if you can't control it he'll say well at Man United I'll play that to Dwight your Giggsy Becks they'll control it scores yeah, yeah, yeah. you you can't really argue can you <laughs> yeah, yeah. you just gotta sit back and I say would, oh. you just gotta sit back and say Okay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you're walking back in. Yeah, tell us. Yeah, I'm walking back in. So I'm looking and thinking, ah, it's on. It's going to be on. But you know what? I'm here. I'm ready to go. I'm not letting South London down. I'm about to say that. But you know what he did? He went, no, he put his hand up across it. He said, Clint, no, don't worry about it. It was a bad boy. I was like, this guy wow. likes me. He likes yeah. me. If there's anyone else, he was on it. Oh, good job. It went, it was, it went on a bit longer until halftime. But he was brilliant. And then we went out. We went, no, we don't usually go out, but we went out for a bit in an evening. evening. And these men think they can test me on the dance floor, these young boys. So Stephen Elliott, he was up there cutting shapes on the dance floor. So Ray, was, I was standing with Ray. Ray's like, Clint. I was like, watch, I go and take him out. I just pulled on that old school MC Hammer out on the top and I was just flying across. We were on like some stage, me and him, back to back, and everyone in the club's there. So I just brought him on and I just, yeah, I won though. But he, could, he, he had a good chance. He had a good goal, Stephen Elliott. But Ray was like, yeah, go on. Did go you ever see, did, did Keno ever dance? No, no. Are you mad? mad. Oh, He'd just that. stand there like, and everyone be asking for all girls. He'd be like, no, no. <laughs> I am I am here with my teammates. No, don't put your hand on my head. Leave me alone. I've got a theory though. I've got yeah. a theory about why he likes you so much. Because I think it's, it's what you said earlier on about how yeah. people can't dislike you. But I genuinely think it's because you have, you're, you're very pure. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there, what you there's mean. There's something, ever since I started working with you, there's something so pure and transparent about you. Yeah. And even though you're you're telling me about how you were growing up and yeah, about yeah. The, all the sort of temptations and that you had when yeah. you were little, I just find that you are so straight down the line. Oh, yeah. People like it. Yeah. I remember once we were talking, me and you, about, so I was quite new in the scene, you were doing your punditry, and we were talking about the best way to, to sort of be on camera. Mm. And we both came to the same conclusion, you just have to do 
you really don't you you have basically just have to be exactly who you are that's why i think you work so well because you're literally the same in any scenario that's who you are which is probably what roy's seeing as well when he's saying to you you're doing a good job because the punditry is easy for you because you're saying what you see and this is this is your bread and butter. Yeah, of course. He probably sees exactly what he used to see, which is the, the little lad that used to sit next to him and nobody else would. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You can't change. You, I, I, that's the one thing I would never do, change. He, he doesn't change. You haven't changed. I remember having that conversation with yeah. you and look what you've gone on and done now. And did I not say it to you? I know it's not about you, but did I not go out and say it to you? You will be a star in this industry. Stop right or turning wrong? it around. No, but just answer the question. <laughs> but It's about me, but it's something that I'm going to get to. Right or wrong? <laughs> you did. And him is the same. That. People la- laughed at him. He can't be a professional. Now look what he's doing. So that's what I'm trying to say. I'm there doing this because it's with people who I know. I wouldn't do this with everybody. I'm not even going to lie to you. Mm. But it's people who are doing well and they're on my kind of level. And I'm very different. I, I don't have a lot of friends, but the friends I do have, they know what I'm about. And there's a lot of people mm. that w- won't take to me. So I'm, I am who I am. I can't change. If I go and do something else and be a different person, everyone will call me up and say, that is not you, Clinton. Why are you trying to be something different? Mm. So I'm totally different. I love that. I love that. Listen, so so yours was, you started at the top. Yeah. And as you got older, you started to go play, down. Go down. Yeah. So two things I take from that. One, your love for football. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like, oh yeah, you know what? I played at the top and I'm going to be arrogant and just stay at the top. Mm-hmm. You went and played. I remember we played, uh, me, you, I think Northampton, Exeter. Yep. We played each other. Like my yeah. defenders hated you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hated you. But you was always my guy. Yeah. And the worst thing is, I remember people don't even know, I was still on the halfway line or, or sorry, at half time or before the game, I'd always ask advice to this guy. Always, because yeah. my man's been yeah. there, done it. So it I'd always be like, "Yo." I always remember was... playing against him, and the manager was like, "You got to go back and mark on corners." I was like, "Okay, cool." Who am I marking? Uh, Bale. I said, "No, I'm not." <laughs> so what I'm doing is, I, I said he's way too strong. Yeah, throw me off like a child. But then we would just be talking. But what I would do is, before the ball comes in, I'm trying to put him off because yeah. I'm saying, B, are you all right? Yeah, but, you're cool. yeah, but when you're playing that, so I'm trying to talk to him like, because I don't, was it, if the ball comes in the box, it's a mismatch. He's saying, clear and get off me. And I can't defend anyway. So basically, I'm talking to him, just carry on talking to him and then think to myself, all right. But you know, when you're playing against him, you know you know what you're going to get and I've, stuff like that. I've always, so for me, I've always, I always say, look, learn off those that have done it. Mm. And he's always, well, it's, it's not blowing smoke, yeah. but he's always had time. Always. They'll always be like, be listen, play as long as you can. Listen, mm. play to your strengths. Always. So how did you find the transition from oh. playing at the top to playing in the lower levels? How did you find it? Yeah, it's a, that's a great question. And it was difficult because when you're playing with better players and then you realise, mm. oh, they can't do it at that level, you start moaning. But I didn't want to be that guy as a... Listen, I was a moaner, but I was a moaner because I wanted to win. Yeah. I didn't want to moan at someone because they couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. We're at this level for a reason. So you have to realise. So it was different. But I thought going there, it's going to be easy. League one, I went to Colchester and then I went to League two with Exeter and I thought oh, it would be easy. It wasn't easy. It's hard yeah. work. Them, obviously, leagues are really difficult. You have to work hard. You can't go in there and think it's going to be easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've got to work hard. And it, you're right, earlier what you said, my love for football made me want to do it. If I could now, I still want to play. I actually muck around every now and again and play for a, a team up near where I live, like Mikelova Sports, when I can and I'm not working just because I like football. Yeah, I love yeah, being yeah. on the ball and stuff like that. So I, I always like playing, but it was a big come down going to those things, but it was enjoyable. I enjoyed it at Colchester. It didn't work out. Didn't play like I wanted to. Yeah, it was yeah. different. But the Exeter one was really good. I've, I've got a good relationship now with Paul Tisdale, a really good relationship. I learned a lot of him. He's a very clever manager, but them lower leagues, I actually enjoyed it. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I did enjoy it, but it was a struggle. Some of these managers that you played for, and we spoke earlier on about Mick McCarthy and, and, and some of these guys that you've encountered, there are some big names, like old-school managers. Mm. Trevor Francis, Peter Taylor, Neil Warnock. I mean, like Ian Dowie's in there, Chris Coleman. Gary Megson. I mean, yeah. Gary Megson. Uh, I, I can go through all of them quickly, you know. Trevor Francis, me didn't get on. At half-time, he made a sub. It's one of the things I shouldn't have done in half-time. He's saying he's taking me off. I say, I'm top goal scorer. How are you taking me off? You're two, only one nil down. You put all these strikers in and they're running into my space. You shouldn't have done it. And he said, I'm taking you off. So he took me off. Whole 15 minutes, I argued with him. Every time he spoke, said to him, I said, you're rubbish, you're rubbish. In the end, one of the pros had to say, clear and relax. And for the 15 minutes, I didn't make him do his team. Simon Jordan pulled me in the office and obviously fined me. And that was it. Peter Taylor, for how good of a coach he was, 
the probably the possibly the worst manager I've had. Didn't yeah. get on with him. Didn't get on with him. Great on the training pitch. Didn't know how to handle me and yeah, man yeah, management. Yeah, yeah. But now I will still speak to him. I'm just gonna be as honest as I can. Neil Warnock first came. Hated the guy. Telling me about get shin pads on. I said, what are we doing? 11 v 11. I want you to smash people. Nah, not for me. And then, you know what? I said, not for me. Continue this. Yeah, I love this guy. Yeah. Continue. I said, no, this ain't for me. He's like, well, you're not going to play. I said, well, I don't play then. It's not for me. Play football to my yeah, feet and get across his six yard box. And in the end, I said, no, nah, I need to play. He got three or four weeks. I need to play. So I worked hard. And then he changed my position and played me on the left of a front three and scored 21 goals that season. And I got on well with him. And he used to show youngsters coming every Friday, the youngsters in the youth team, and look, say, how does Clinton score all these goals in and around the six-yard box? It's not lucky. It's his movement. He's anticipating stuff in the box. So I got on well with him and I still do get on well with him. There was, yeah, there's there's quite a... Megson, Megson, wow. Now he would tell you, some of the names he would call you, can't, I can't say it on there. It's she, a disgrace. I've heard. I've, a, I've, he would I've tell heard. you you sold the jersey. You're terrible. Even when you gave the ball, you don't mean it. So he was, he was crazy. The, nah, 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 nah. I can't even say it. Really. So okay, it's so, one of those where I would want right, to fight. So him. we've heard who was <laughs> the best manager. Oh, the best without is Steve Bruce. Without the, oh, without okay. a shadow of doubt, okay. the best man management. He could handle me. He was mag- Steve Copper was good, but he was the best. He he got the best out of me. He's just brilliant. He was brilliant to work with. He's just magnificent, mate. Unreal. His greatest, give me one of his greatest qualities. One of his greatest qualities is in training, I'm a hothead. So I lose my head if we're losing and the ref, if he's refereeing it when the coach and stuff. So I just boot the balls away and he, and just so walk petulant. in. Yeah, petulant. Yeah. yeah, little baby. So I walk in and he goes, usually coaches would chase me and argue. He says, leave him because I know what he's like. In two minutes time, he's going to come back and apologise. <laughs> what do I do? Two him. minutes, I come back in, I'm apologising. So he knew how to man. And if he wasn't playing me, he wouldn't tell me on a Saturday. So you're angry still. Yeah, so yeah. when you want me to come on, you want me to make an impact. I'm still angry from not playing. He told me on a Thursday and he'd take me out for either food and tell me you're not going to be playing Clinton because we kind of had that Good kind of relationship management. and man management. management and that's how I, he got the best out of me so for me Steve Bruce was the best but Ian Dowie was good as well brilliant as a for strikers, yeah, yeah, now he was really good for strikers, and Chris Coleman as well. Yeah, Chris Coleman, he's um, he was a good manager. I enjoyed it on um, at Coventry with him, but he had the biggest fires ever, though. Be his fires, fires. He came out onto the training pitch, and this guy, you could see, he was a tough centre half. Yeah, time. his fires were ridiculous, and he was a big, big. Did big he wear man. short shorts? Yeah, short shorts. Oh, like, man, and day, them shorts know. showing off his fires. Yeah, you know? I know yeah, that man. Yeah. You know, a manager should wear tracksuits, but he's yeah, man, them short shorts to show off his fires. But yeah, he was kind of a big. Guy. But we played a game. We were away. We were away at Cardiff. Yeah, no, we were at home at Cardiff, and we played a game. And it was me again having an argument with him. Shock. This guy, shock, exactly. Picked up the skip, <laughs> and threw it. You know the big skips, the big boot skips. Yeah. He picked up the skip and he threw it, but he didn't throw it so it was going to hit me. But he threw it in anger against the wall, but it was like in my direction. Yeah. Looked at him like, what? This guy's kind of big and hench because the boots were still in there. So I'm saying, wow. So I was like. You know what the boys said? Oh, Clint, be quiet, man. He's gone, he's gone. I said, oh, I'll be quiet. But what I didn't realise is that I lived in London. He lived in London. I was dropping him back home in the car, even the lift home. So I had to, on the way home, we're driving. But for half an hour, we're not talking. <laughs> then all of a sudden, he cracks a joke and he's like, you know, I didn't mean to, I wasn't throwing that skip at you. And then we spoke for the whole time. But can you imagine I'm driving my manager what? home? So I dropped him home and then I went home because I only live 15 minutes from him. So I dropped him home. It's crazy, isn't it, football that I'm dropping See, managers on. That can't happen that nowadays. So one, and so when, for half an hour, we're not talking, but I'm there like, you know, you want to ring after a game. You, you want to ring, your, you ring your people, isn't it? he's sat in there, he's on loudspeaker. I'm like, oh. Quick let, question, what, what, what music was you listening to? No, I had to have the radio. Oh. You know when you want to listen to, and then, and then all of a sudden, I just dropped it and then, then put some R&B. Put some R&B, and, R&B and, and, then, and then I said, I'm not listening to this. We're, we're all right now. And then that was it. And then he started nodding his head. I said, oh, he's feeling it, he's feeling it. Let's get, let's get back home to London. Oh, <laughs> love that. Loved that. I can't get the image of his shorts. Oh no, my days! Not, they're normal shorts, but you can see the because he's got big fives. Yeah, yeah, I, I call them short shorts. Right? Short shorts. I know what oh, you're you thinking. Like the hot pants. Yeah, them short short man. They walk out like that. <laughs> that yeah. Troy wears. Yeah, he wears them short oh, shorts. Oh, of course he does. <laughs> no, he does. I don't know what he's doing with them shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who else wears shorts? Rafa Benitez. 
when he was at Newcastle I went to the training ground like when he was still at Newcastle and it was snowing there was snow on the ground and he walked down the he got big fight what's he doing and they went he always does that he looked like a PE I'm really interested in your relationship with Simon Jordan <laughs> and the fact that you still you cross over even to this day yeah. you're both in the world of media together yeah. I imagine it was turbulent at times but... uh, he's a, he was big time he came in big time with his fake turn and stuff I used to <laughs> no he can't tell me one game we were we came in. The he's the chairman, in. right? Yeah, he's he the chairman. chairman. Oh. Yeah, he came in. So he came in once and the manager's saying, so I said to him, sure, man, it's your fault we've lost 10 on the bounce. It's your, your rubbish. And chairman comes in and said, he used to call me a pest. He calls me a pest. That's what he wrote <laughs> in his book. I said, don't call me. I said, oh, be quiet, you, man. You you signed all these managers. And he was like, all right, clear, and you're, you're bordering on. So I just did that. He hates people kissing their teeth at him. He said, do not ever kiss your teeth at me again or you will never play for this football club again. And I was so tempted to do it again. I had to respect him. And that was one of our first arguments. But for me, he's the best chairman I had. Because you know what he would do? And I've never, I don't tell people this story much, but we had a, so we were, it was near the end of the season. It was about seven games to go. He's like, I bet you can't be top goal scorer. By then, we had a bad boy striker in Mikel Fossa and Dougie Friedman. They were both up there and they were they were both ahead of me or one behind me. So there was them two. And I was like, all right, cool. So he's like, I bet you, you won't be top goal scorer. So I said, what, what are we going to bet? And he's like, what do you want? So I was going to say, yo, I'm, I'm, I might just say, what, a Bentley? But he's like, no, Clinton, be serious. Something. So I said, all right, a watch. So I said, I watch. I bet you'll watch that I'll be top goal scorer. So I was top goal scorer. So at the end of the season, the awards, he put on great awards. He used to go out to Dorchester, the Grosvenor, a great end of season award. He was brilliant. He loved it. That's just the type of person he is. Yeah. And he went, he said it on the mic. Yep, I had a bet with Clinton that he wouldn't be top goal scorer. And he proved me wrong. And he gave me this big green thing, opened it, some gold-plated Rolex. Wow. I yeah. said, jeez. I said, Chairman, you are true to your word. And I just, yeah, the Rolex, it was just, it was just there, just flashing, beaming at me. And I was like, he is the man. And that's how he was. And then every time I scored goals, I would always run over to the side of the pitch and do, you know, that kind of celebration. Yeah, yeah like your, your money. Yeah, 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 you know why? Because the goal bonus, oh, yeah, really good. I said, you're the man. Them goal bonuses were crazy. Them ones there, Them, yeah. yeah I, be, I don't know that feeling, bruv. <laughs> nah, you, 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 you ain't never you seen do. me... Have you ever seen the beast celebrate by shaking his hat? Not me, uh. I, I used to do it to him. And he'd look at me and be going... Don't do that. And I was like, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Don't see that there's other players on there. But no, the relationship, he kind of helped me with the media world as well. He got me into it and he said, people need to listen to him. He said, he's misunderstood. When you get to know Clinton and what type of person he is, you'll appreciate him. And he got me in and I credit him. Listen, a lot of people don't get Simon Jordan, but when you actually sit down and talk to him one-on-one, he's a good guy. The only thing I don't like, B, is he uses stupid, big words when he doesn't need to. I said, why are you using those big words? Just say normal words that I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll I'll translate to you after. (laughs) Them ones there. So do you think you lot click because, like you said, you've described him a bit like yourself. Yes, like Like misunderstood. Yes. Until you sit down and have a conversation. Yeah. So... Two things. One, did you ever think you would go into the media world, be a pundit? Like, how are you finding it? <laughs> That's the best question, man. <laughs> Me going to the media oh, I world. I ain't gonna lie, bro. <laughs> I, it's the same. <laughs> I did not be thinking <laughs> it. I was <laughs> just <seeing Clinton laughs> exactly. chatting about football. And I, I, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna exactly. lie. No, no, people used to say, Clinton, you, I know football. I watch every football. From non-league, I watch every game up. Yeah, so yeah. I don't disrespect football. I love football. Yeah. Every day I watch football. But the first time I went on to Sky and did football, the comments that were coming in, what is this rude boy doing on the TV? <laughs> is this is I, I came off and I said, I went home and went, ah, this ain't for me. This ain't, and the woman asked guy was like, Clinton, stick with it. I promise you, it will be for you. Be yourself, be all right. And I was like, it ain't for me. I'm yeah, getting yeah, stick. Yeah, yeah. I, I know the games, but it's so everything's different here. And you know, like when you're sitting at home and you're playing sometimes and you're seeing these other people doing, you're like, mm. oh, they're rubbish. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, you yeah, go yeah. on it and you're like, oh, it's harder yeah, than it's it harder the way it looks. It's harder. Yeah. So everyone that wants to have a go at you, come and do it and try yes, it because it is yes, the most difficult. Yes. And you are going to make mistakes. Yes. Everyone makes mistakes in any job they do. You make mistakes. You make mistakes on a football pitch. These people don't understand. As soon as you make one mistake, they want to crucify you. Yeah. And that's how it is. So I did it and then I carried on doing it and I just got better and better. And then I spoke to, I worked with 
the first time I worked with Thierry Henry and we did a live game and now we are friends and he said to me after the game I got a message through so I was like after the game like I was on my way back got a message I was like yeah whatever like who is this and he's like it's, um, number 14 I was like nah I don't believe I was thinking nah and he's like it is and I was like I'm going to call him and it was Thierry and he was like Clinton doing ever so well. I loved being with you today on Skype. I said, hold on, hold on, stop there. You're the man, you know? Yeah, yeah. come on. My favourite Premier League striker. I've got his Arsenal shirt, his French <laughs> shirt. I've got his shirts like yeah. in my house. He is the man and he's saying, you're doing really well. Keep going. And he helped me out on a few things. Like he was talking about when a team evolve. He said evolve is when they change their style of football. So I was asking him stuff and he was like, you know what I like is your arcs and stuff. You want to be better. Mm. So he helped me massively. We still speak now, but the one who helped me immensely was Ian Wright. He said, go on. I speak to him nearly every other day when I can. He said, listen to podcasts. He said, mm. you know, speak, l speak to a lot of people. But he said, let me tell you something, Clinton. Do not be something that you're not. Be yourself. He yeah. said, that is the best thing, I would, advice I give you. Be yourself. And he said, because once, he said, I see you on something and you said it was a penalty, but because someone's bigger than you, who's been in it longer than you, said, oh, it might not be a penalty. You kind of changed your mind. And this was like three, three four years ago. He said, don't change your mind. Be strong. You're there to have an opinion. So you have to be strong. So I was strong. And ever since then, I've been strong. So if someone says something now, I don't argue. I mean, I'll say what I think yeah, and it's yeah. my opinion. And if you don't like it, then so be it. I'm there to give you my opinion. Uncle Righty, I call Uncle Righty. Yeah. <laughs> I did. He done, um, I don't know if he still does it, but he used to do a show on a Sunday for um, a radio. Five, is five it? Live. Five, five Live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he used to do Five Live. And one day what, he couldn't do it. So they said, oh, listen, big man, can you do it? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, fine. It's cool. Yeah. I think he was doing the Man U Derby or something like that. I think he was doing that. Yeah. And... So on a Saturday, I get a phone call. So I didn't have his number at the time. I'm like, hello? He's like, yeah, big man. I was like, who's this? He's like, right. I was like, Uncle Wright, what's going on? He's like, listen, I hear you're doing a show on Sunday. Mm. So I listen, I'm phoning you. First and foremost, be you. Do you, be you. It is your mm. opinion. If they phone up, they're giving their opinion just like you. So if people turn around and say, I think I was in League One at this time, mm. or maybe League Two at the time, it was like, people saying, oh, your opinion matters just like this. Go and smash it. And what I took from that, I was like, this is Ian Wright, his show. And of course he wasn't Kwanzi. All he wanted me to do was do well. Yeah. So like, just go and do well. And I took from that and I was like, he didn't have to take the time to phone me and say, go do well. So exactly, I'm, I've got so much respect for what he does off and off the pitch, yeah. on and off the pitch with Ian Wright. But he said the same thing. Yeah. It's like, have your opinion, stick to your opinion. And it's just your opinion. Not what he's saying, it's got to be definitive and final, but yeah. it's your opinion. So he said the same thing. So nah, salute is, Uncle Wright. No, nah, yeah, he's, he's one of the best there is out there. And the media, it, it can be hard and it can be challenging. I've spoke with you, LW, many a times um, on stuff where people, what it used to be is, you know, these people write bad stuff to you on social media. Back yeah. in the day, I'd want to reply back to you and argue with you and say, but nowadays I just block you because yeah, I have yeah. no time for bad energy or bad mm. vibes. What I'm going to do is I'm going to keep pushing and being the best I can yeah, and yeah. for as long as I can. And that's the best way to treat people. And so you learn a lot in the media stuff. Not everyone's going to like you, but be yourself. That's the best bit of advice I can be and do your homework and be successful. It is, isn't it? And I mm. think you are being successful because I just think that You've got this kind of breath of fresh airness about you, yeah. if, if I can make that sort of a thing. You're just funny. You're just funny. You're, you're hardworking mm. and it's, it's easy to watch. I just feel like you've got to be yourself. I've said it earlier. It's when you do stuff, you're yourself. He, be, he does his stuff. <laughs> he's definitely yourself. You're not going to change B when he's doing it. And I have to be myself. I don't think I could be anything else. I can't mm. be any different. If I'm going to be different, it's not going to be me and I'm not being true to myself. For everyone, obviously, lockdown and, and the pandemic has just made the world of football feel almost unrecognisable and we're still kind of getting through it aren't we and, it's, yeah. and it still feels like a slog at times and you go into these games and even when you're reporting on them and you're not there yeah. it just it's just missing a lot of soul isn't it and I just wonder how it's affecting you yeah to be fair it, it does and when I'm doing the media you do like fans there sometimes it's quite good because in particular we was at a Villa game and Dean Smith and John Terry, they stand right next to where you're doing the media. So they can hear everything. So if Villa are having a bad game and you say the wrong thing about them, I, I don't care. It is what it is. I'm there to be opinionated. They so can hear they you. They can hear what I'm saying, commentating. Oh, so John Terry's looking over and thinking, JT, you ain't doing nothing. So just relax there. <laughs> but, what I'm, no, but you know what I mean? I mean, you got them and Dean. Yeah. So I like that. And you can hear what the coaches are saying on the sideline. I do like all of that because I'm still learning the game even now that I've retired. I like to watch like I wasn't... 
not too long ago at Villa when Villa beat Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp. And every time the goals are going in, you think Jurgen's going to go mad. Yeah. All he's doing is looking on the ground, shaking his head, smiling, thinking, this is a one-off. This ain't happening again and stuff like that. And then you watch in the warm-up and Jurgen always watches the away team, doesn't watch his team, he stands on the halfway yeah, line and, he, and he's got his arms folded and he watches the away team and he's watching you. So obviously if you're a away player, you're thinking, should I try an extra cross yeah, yeah, and keep yeah, the yeah. ball? He might want to sign me or yeah. sign <laughs> You know what I mean? But I just feel we do miss the fans. We do need the fans. This, this pandemic has been a struggle for everyone if with their mental health and stuff like that. During it, the lockdown, I... I was putting on too much weight. Even my son said, yo, dad, you're getting a belly out here. Like my really? two sons, yeah, I was getting a belly. So I lost a stone and a half during it. I just trained every day. Yeah, just did yeah. um, stuff at home. So I feel things like that helped me because I don't. F I feel like if I'm in the house all the time, because I'm a happy-go-lucky guy, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go mad yeah, and yeah. we're going to end up having arguments at home. So it's best I go and keep active. So it is difficult, but everyone has to stay strong in this. Things are only going to get better. But yeah. when we can let fans back in, I think that would be a big bonus. All right, we're going to wrap this up real quick. Two quick questions. Yes, mate. Who's the toughest player you played against and who's the best player you played with? Real quick. Toughest defender I played against, yeah? Yeah, let's go. Toughest defender. Toughest defender I played against is Fabio Cannavaro. Unbelievable. Drop them names there, yeah? I say drop them names there. Drop them names there. All right, cool, cool. Best player you played with? Uh, the best player I played with, I'd say Roy Keane. Without yeah. a shadow of that. Set standard. There's a lot. There is a lot, but yeah, I have yeah. to say Roy Keane. It is time now for our Super 6 score predictions for round 8. So round 7 was a midweek set of fixtures that took place on Tuesday night with a mixture of Championship and Champions League games. So we're going to have a quick look now at round 8. And don't forget, you can download the Super 6 app. Just create an account and play for free by predicting the scores of six chosen matches to be in with a chance to win £250,000 this week. And a reminder, it's all free. We also have our Super 6 League. Join using the code Super 6 and there is £1,000 prize for the winner of that league. And another reminder that you can invite your mates to join Super 6 and if any of your invited friends do go on to win the jackpot, then you yourself get £25,000 for it. Ooh. Okay, the fixtures for round eight are Stoke v Brentford, Cardiff v Borough, Coventry v Blackburn, Sheffield Wednesday v Luton, Norwich v Wickham. So 97% of Super 6 players have gone with a Norwich win, by the way. Sorry, bias out of order that that's cool don't worry about that we'll prove them wrong okay let's focus on this one though Fulham v Crystal Palace because we have an expert in the building of course now I need to ask you about this because I just did the last Palace game oh. where it was like one shot and that was the penalty wasn't the best performance was it how do you think they're going to get on against a Fulham team who are struggling this is a game Palace should be winning they mm. should be looking to get three points against Brighton it wasn't good enough a lot of Palace fans weren't happy you can't have one shot they sat back Wolf scores the penalty and then Brighton just dominated and dominated and Brighton probably unlucky not to come away with the three points obviously Fulham have got got a good point I think the signing of Lookman really good player He's he great. is exciting he is a he is a superstar and he didn't play at RB Leipzig but I think since he's come back here to Fulham I think he's been excellent so far so he could be the key for Fulham but I'm always going to go for a Palace win I'm going to go for a Crystal Palace win I'm going to say 2-0 I'm going to go for a draw I'm going to go for a 1-1 one, one draw 1-1 one, one draw yeah I'm going to go for a Palace win 2-1 are you okay. there we go it's right. a mixture of everything Clinton thank you so much that was honestly just absolutely marvellous like, we love having you on no brilliant as I said game. with you two brilliant keep up the good things you're doing as well I like it same keep shining my brother nice one okay if you've got any questions that you want to get in for us for next week just a reminder use the hashtag super6podcast don't forget to like subscribe to make sure you stay up to date with super6 we'll see you again next time peace <laughs>